It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. Welcome to the Back Row Rewind here on this beautiful Thursday morning where we take you back in time to a classic episode of the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo. Today on our flashback, we're going to be talking about recovering the purpose of VBS. But before we get to that, first up, fake it till you make it. Let's go. Monday morning. Good morning. It is the start of a new week, everybody. Hope you're wide awake. Hope you've recovered from your uh, daylight savings time sloth that happened all week long. It took me forever. It took me forever to acclimate. You know, even on Thursday, I was like... I'm so tired. I'm dragging. Honestly, I think the first night I slept good was Friday night into Saturday. Really? Because normally I lay down, hit the pillow, I'm done in five minutes. Yeah. And I'm out. Yeah. If If that. But like every night since Daylight Savings, I've been lying in bed for like an hour, not being able to turn my brain off. Isn't that the not worst? Not being able to fall asleep. It's just, it threw off the pattern so badly. Yeah, it's awful. I realize that we are in the minority, the people who lay down and are instantly asleep. I yeah. realize that there are not are, many of we're us. We're very fortunate. Yeah, there are not <laughs> many of us out there who that. can do that. <laughs> but the past week, as I've been doing the same thing, just laying there and being like, oh, why aren't you falling asleep? <laughs> Fall asleep now. And it doesn't even make Fall sense. Fall asleep now. <laughs> because we should be tired. We should be more tired. Why should We should but be here, passing out an hour early. I am more tireder. <laughs> I am so much more exhausted. I have been so much more exhausted this past week, but I still, when I lay down, cannot fall asleep. Like maybe usual. that's it, because you can get so exhausted that you can't sleep. Yeah. Maybe we're like fighting the edge of that. Yeah. Of getting into that. I was gonna say though, I don't know how you know the rest of the world does it. How the rest of the world just lays there in bed to slowly go to sleep. For real. It's so annoying. <laughs> it was the most frustrating thing in the world. I'm like yelling at myself internally. <laughs> Why aren't you sleeping? I have nothing important to think about. <laughs> You're just this. Is, that's just when you open up. All right, my brain is empty. Let's fill it with things you haven't worried about in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I fill it with shopping lists, Matt. That's, oh, that's how I that's go better. to sleep. Well, like, and you know, we're getting the the new RV, the camper, and so I've got all these things that I know we need to get. For it, and so I'm like, okay, let's go room by room. What do I need for the kitchen? Pots and pans. <laughs> that's probably utensils. a really good. Yeah, that's probably a really good method. <laughs> Making lists. That's kind of similar to just like counting. Counting yeah, sheep. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. No, I always go to. Hey, you remember that time you embarrassed yourself in the ninth grade? Let's think about that at length. Okay. <laughs> like, oh gosh. So I don't know what's going on with me. But I've had two really embarrassing moments, like, in the past week. Really? And to the point to where, you know, you think about it and you, like, cringe, you know, because it's, oh, gosh, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, why did I say that? Do we need to save that for the personal stories time? Or do you yeah, we can. That? All right. Just don't let me forget. Okay. But 
Even just now, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Even just now, I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't have brought this up. No. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not I hate those days, though. <laughs> those moments. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, today is Monday, March 18th. Coming up on today's show, recovering the purpose of Vacation Bible School, plus the latest news, random facts, and our weekly recap. But first, we got some holidays to celebrate today, don't we, Mo? Yep. <laughs> I'm so upset about the second one. <laughs> and I'll explain a little bit. Um, today is Act Happy Day. Act Happy Day. Okay, here's See, I the thing. To Google this, yeah. You don't need to be happy today. You need to act happy. <laughs> That's all. Uh, now, apparently it was... Yeah, um, it's it's an effort to promote the health benefits of happiness, humor, and laughter. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it's I think it's kind of like that, you know, forcing yourself to be happy or pretending to be happy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's all those studies that have always come out where if you force yourself to smile, you do feel happier. Yeah, you do feel better. That's where the so, quote yeah. "fake it till you make it" yeah, absolutely. comes from. Yeah, and I. Like, now it's the big thing. There's this meme or whatever that goes around and says, fake it till you make it is garbage. You need to get up and take care of business and make it happen. But I feel like every time I see somebody say that, I just want to be like, you've obviously never gone through a really hardship. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to fake it in order to get to the place that you actually want to be. You have to. Yeah. You have to wake up every day and pretend, and then eventually it will become a habit. (laughs) Okay, so the one that I'm not entirely happy about. (laughs) Today is Forgive Mom and Dad Day. (laughs) I mean, that's just an intensely deep day right there. (laughs) It is. And can I also say, today is my dad's birthday. Hmm. And I do not have a good relationship with my dad. Haven't had a good relationship with my dad in like four years now. Mm. And so I don't appreciate you putting this day in the script <laughs> on his birthday. I didn't know. Like, it was I'm his not birthday. cool with the guilt that I'm feeling right now. Okay, I'm not. I'll just be real honest and say. <laughs> This obviously means I have some work to do today. <laughs> but but then then you get to celebrate the third holiday. National Sloppy Joe Day. <laughs> Which is the only meal that my dad can cook. <laughs> so I just like It's a message from God in the script, okay? I get it, Lord. Yeah, I hear you. So fake it till you make it. And forgive him, and then tell him how much I like his sloppy jokes. That, that's the common ground that you can start at. <laughs> you know, we might not uh, always have a great relationship, but the one thing we always had was sloppy, was sloppy jokes. jokes. All right, so y'all be praying for me today, because I think we all know what I'm doing this evening. And I don't want to. And I don't even want to. It's always such a surprise. I know. How you're going to react to things. <laughs> I never know. I have to keep you on your toes, Matt. <laughs> oh well, if you love what we do here at the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio in general, please consider partnering with us at Patreon.com/slash Back Row Radio. 
Uh, we are a growing radio station with more and more listeners, and we want to keep adding more and more music. Um, but we're we're reaching our financial limits. So if you are enjoying our our ministry, our radio ministry, which I have I have found out in this past week, we have quite a few people who are in love with our station. Really? Yeah. Like That's I've weird, had man. I've had churches contact me through Instagram, you know, saying like, you know, we love your station, but we have one person that works at our church that is in love with your station. What can we do to get one of those ice cream cone stickers or whatever like that and uh to give to her or and I'm just like this is the coolest feeling. Did you say <laughs> Become one of our partners. All it takes is $5 a month, and we'll send you multiple stickers. Actually, I was so starstruck, I wrote a nice letter to the lady and sent her one for free. Matt, but <laughs> we're never going to make money this way. But, uh, no, it's, it's uh, we, we honestly we, we. are. We, 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 we honestly are uh, reaching the... The time where we need more financial backing if we're going to keep growing. Uh, otherwise, if we here, here's what will happen if we don't. Let's put it that way. Here's what will happen if we don't start making a little bit more in terms of donations each month. Each month, we will reach the limit within a few months, probably maybe six months, where that's all the music we can put in. Uh even if we have more music, we don't have the bandwidth to put more in unless we upgrade to a bigger account with our host. So at that point, we either have to stop putting in new music or start taking out older music, which most of the music that we have on the station, I would say at least 95% of it is stuff that I wanted to keep in there because <laughs> we curate every song individually. And so the stuff that we add is stuff that we want to keep. Um, and then the other thing that will happen is that we have to pay for licensing. And licensing is based on total listening hours. So total hours heard by you, the listener, which is recorded through the apps and through everything else. Uh, if we get to the point where we have so many listeners that we reach our cap, the radio station is just going to shut off until the month resets. Now, we're not there yet, but within this next year, we might be. Given the fact that we've already reached where we're at now, just in the last seven months. So as we continue to spread, as we continue to grow, we're going to need more funding to uh, to do that. So if you're interested in partnering with us, even for five bucks a month, or as much as you're willing to uh, invest into uh, this ministry, we would love it. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash back row radio. Head over there. Give it a look, uh, read through what we're offering, and uh, see if this would be the right ministry for you. Back row right. radio. <laughs> wow, what a difference. <laughs> Here's the news. Oh, two women are set to make history by conducting the first ever all-female spacewalk. What? And it's just in time for Women's History Month. NASA astronauts Anne McLean and Christina Koch, Koch, Koch. That's what we're going to say. 
We'll be making the historic Expedition 59 on the International Space Station later this month on March 29th. The seven-hour mission will reportedly be live-streamed on NASA's website at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That's really cool. That is cool. First ever all-female spacewalk. Way to go, ladies. A survey into what children want to be when they grow up, this is kind of depressing, by the way, (laughs) has revealed the changing landscape of the working world, whereas kids once wanted to be astronauts, racing drivers, or veterinarians, now they want to make YouTube videos. Yeah. Well, the boys do, at least. According to research from Family Activities uh, app Hoop, a survey of 1,000 children under the age of 16 indicated that other popular careers for uh, girls included science teaching and nursing while boys football and police came top but the number one for boys was to be a youtube video creator yeah yeah it's because of this whole like which i think it's a great thing but i feel like we've kind of stabbed ourselves in the foot okay because we're empowering women and empowering girls all the while neglecting boys and forgetting to also empower right. it's, them it's almost at the purposeful. same time. It's like, let's lower them. Yeah. So it'll be quicker to where we get to an even level. Yeah. So girls are at an all-time high of what they think <coughs> and what they believe they can do and can become, and boys are at an all-time low of what they think and believe they can do. And, and see... Uh, on the surface, it doesn't sound that bad. You want to be a, a content creator, and there's quite a few people that make a lot of money doing that. Sure. But when you really examine, uh, number one, the fact that most of the people that make money on YouTube have been with YouTube since the very early years. It's very hard for a new channel uh, to get anywhere near uh, a place where you're making real revenue. Mm-hmm. But number two... If you examine, like, some of the most popular channels to see what they're doing to earn this money. For instance, one of the most popular ones is Rhett and Link, which, uh, you know, we did challenges that kind of emulated yeah. some of the stuff that they did on our little short-lived YouTube experience. Which people want that to come back, by the way. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being 100% serious. I know, I know. Not just me. Other people want it to come back. I believe you. Gosh. Um, but they're not like fifty percent of the stuff that they do each day is eating gross stuff. Yeah, and they're not like it's because that's people, not who they were before. Th- yeah, they didn't live their life just eating <laughs> that's how, disgusting. That's things. how it is, and that's how their channel has evolved because that's the videos that get them the most hits. That's what people like. <laughs> people like to watch other people in misery. Oh, so I mean. Is that really how you want to spend the rest of your your working life? Is Obviously, Matt eating, does not. Eating pork blood tacos for the amusement of the internet. I don't know. I don't know either. <sighs> the whole conversation of that individualized bag, uh, hot, hot chip. Oh, yeah, the one chip challenge. Uh-huh. Yeah, it came up in conversation at yeah. our church last Sunday, and so that, of course... What else does it do? It leads me to talk about how we did the pepper stepper challenge. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a small group of people at our new church that are like, oh, great. That's this is who this person is. <laughs> she just talks about that. her accomplishments. We need to find out if that thing is available. It only it's $500. No, well, that's if you buy it. That's if you buy it out of season. 
They oh. make it for a short period of time, like one month. And if you buy it normally, it's like 30 bucks. Okay. So <laughs> I, I feel like we would need to have that, like, disclaimer whenever we did it. Not the disclaimer of <laughs> don't do this at home, but the disclaimer of, listen, we didn't spend $500 on this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, still not up. I know. Uh, we looked at it last week. <laughs> I was going to buy it. Yeah, we definitely got to do that, though, when that comes around. Maybe we don't got to do a whole formal show with the desk and everything. Maybe it'd just be a, a raw live stream type challenge. We didn't do a formal show. We sat in chairs behind, in front of the pallet board. But we had a desk. We had a whole setup. We didn't have a desk. Woman. Well, we did have a desk. <laughs> how, would we woman. Have, how would we have done almost woman. everything that we did without a table? <laughs> don't yell at me. You are not my dad. I do not have to forgive you today. <laughs> uh, all right. Last news story. A hotel chain. Oh, gosh. This is so weird. Is employing human bed warmers to help guests get a good night's sleep. The walking electric blankets are dressed in all, a special all-in-one sleeper suit and are sent to warm the beds of guests staying at the Holiday Inn before they get under the covers. Holiday Inn spokeswoman Jane Bednall said the idea was like having a giant hot water bottle in your bed. The five-minute free bed warming sessions are being tried out in London and Manchester. And this is exactly what it sounds like. Someone will come to your room in a electric blanket robe and, lay in and your lie bed. in your bed for you for five minutes. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Keep your sweaty self out of my bed. No, thank you. This is so That's strange. Like, it's the worst thing I have ever heard. You go to a hotel with the the hope that your bed is clean. <laughs> that they have changed the sheets, they have changed the pillowcases. I hope and pray. I mean, I realize that this isn't a realistic thing because, you know, it costs a lot of money. I hope that they change the pillows altogether. <laughs> I don't want to hire and it's going to cost me. I don't want to hire someone to come sleep in my bed for five minutes. What I don't understand is, like, why not just say, hey, we want an electric blanket yeah. to warm up the bed for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, even if it was an extra charge and they were still just bringing it for the five minutes, why does there need to be a human in it? <laughs> an electric blanket will do a pretty good job of warming up a bed. Right. <laughs> I'm... Slightly confused by it all. I don't think it was completely thought through. I think it was one of those kids' ideas that all the adults were like, that's a brilliant idea. Why haven't we thought of this? But they haven't, like... Or maybe it was this person's idea when they were a kid and they've held on to it maybe. until they finally rose to the ranks in Holiday Inn to be considered credible enough. Well, that's like... I have an idea. How about we have other people come and lie in our beds until we're ready? And make our bed That's warm. weird. See, I feel like that somebody just, they didn't want to hurt that kid's feelings. <laughs> Listen, I bust bubbles all day long with my kids. My son told me the other day, Mom, somebody thinks it's a good idea for us to take out roads and put in like tramways, you know, like at the airport. And then you just ride a tramway. There will be no more cars, no more air pollution, <laughs> this and that, blah, blah, blah. 
You don't have to worry about fixing roads and widening highways. And I, Topher, that's great. What do we do when it rains? What do we do when it snows? What do we do when it's over 90 degrees outside? <laughs> I am only able to ride my tramway and get from point A to point B in perfect weather conditions. 70 degree day. Yep. Sunny and clear. And you <laughs> saw like his balloon literally deflate. And he was like... Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's why they don't let kids need, run for president. You need, to, you need to go talk to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez then about this new Green Deal. <sighs> I will. Because <laughs> she's not thinking about any of this stuff either. I will. <laughs> I will do it. How are we going to pay for this? It's going to make us money. Okay, maybe in the long term. But initially, that $9 trillion it's going to cost, how are we going to use that? <laughs> I feel like my entire life I have grown up hearing you have to spend money to make money. Okay, and that that's a valid point. I mean, right. you can you but can attest also, to that, right? But, it's but also listen, a risk. how many years has America been in debt, people? <laughs> we don't have the money to spend to make the money. <laughs> one of her literal <laughs> one of her literal responses was, "We'll just print more money." <laughs> she elected in i don't know i don't understand because so many people think like her that's the problem so many people are just they're like they don't have peripheral vision do you know what i mean like their understanding is just tunnel tunnel focus tunnel focus they can't see the big picture and that that is probably one of the things that makes me want to beat my head against a wall on a regular basis (laughs) guys let's take a step back And let's look at the big picture of this. Oh, man. When did I become the voice of reason? <laughs> We're all in trouble if Mo's the voice of reason. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Hashtag truth. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this first segment of Back Row Rewind. But don't go anywhere. Coming up in just a few, we are going to be sharing a story. Well, Mo's going to share a story, honestly. Just just the one of the most awkward stories. Oh, it's, it, it's hilarious. And you're going to enjoy it. So stick around. And then coming up later, recovering the purpose of VBS. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. This week in Nerd History, these are the voyages. Nerd History. That was the title of the final episode of Star Trek Enterprise, the fifth live-action Star Trek television show set in the early days of Starfleet, with the very first crew of the very first Enterprise, with its captain, Jonathan Archer, played by the amazing Scott Bakula. Coming at the end of just its fourth season, three seasons short of the three Star Trek shows before it, this episode opted to bring in Commander Riker and Deanna Troy aboard the Enterprise D to review the events this finale covered through the eyes of Starfleet's future. 
airing on May 13th, 2005. This episode was widely panned by critics, fans, and even the cast itself, saying that too much was taken away from the main cast in order to essentially make a quasi-Next Generation episode instead. While it wasn't apparent at the time, there was a reason for the heavy tie-ins to the much-beloved Next Generation. Upon the completion of the show, a streak of 18 years of new Star Trek episodes would come to an end. More than that, it was also planned that this would be the end of the Star Trek saga as a whole, having come full circle. Producer Brandon Barga admitted that while the cast was upset with his choices, he defended them, as this would not just end Enterprise, but end Star Trek. Newspapers covering Enterprise's cancellation and its final episode often said the failure of Enterprise was evident that the franchise had moved too far from its roots and grown too dark. Of course, as we all know, this was not the end of Star Trek, as we will soon have five Star Trek series running in the same year, in short order. And, of course, those of you who've been watching Discovery or Picard, well, you know things have gotten, ooh, a good bit darker. Today's Star Trek is certainly going a different direction than it was 16 years ago as Enterprise turned out the lights. But, love it or hate it, Star Trek's legacy is still, boldly, going strong. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, where today, leading the show, we're going to be talking about how to recover the purpose of VBS. But up in this segment, Moe is going to share just an awkward awkward hilariously awkward story let's go i can't wait welcome back to the back row morning show here on this monday morning glad to have you with us and uh we're in hour two hour two of our show and uh to start off this hour we've got five random facts let's do it Facts. Facts. <laughs> I had to really think about how you said that in order to try and replicate it. <laughs> Number one. Groundhog. <laughs> hey. Hey. When you've grown up hearing something a certain way your entire life, yeah. you just say them that way without thinking it, okay? Yeah. Well, mine would be wash rag. Exactly. <clears throat> Where's my wash rag? Can't help it that I say groundhog. Got a war strange. strange. All right. How about these facts, Matt? Let's do it. (laughs) Number one, Fallout Boy issued an apology to college football fans over ESPN after ESPN played their song Centuries 45 times during all three games of the 2014 college football playoffs. (laughs) Wow. Why did they apologize? Like, ESPN should be apologizing. That was your mistake. There's so much music out there. Why would we keep doing this song? Right? Jeez Louise. Well, good on you, Fallout Boy, for taking someone else's mistake. But anyway, America's first female mayor, Susanna Salter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, was elected in 1887 after a group of men nominated her as a joke. She won over 60% of the vote. (laughs) That's what you get. Joke's not so funny now. (laughs) Drinking wine before a meal can make you eat up to 25% more. (laughs) Well then. (laughs) You drink water before the meal and wine after. (laughs) 
Uh, mental breaks such as naps, meditation, and nature walks increase productivity, replenish attention, solidify memories, and encourage creativity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all the times that I was working and I just walked around the office pretending to be on a mission. <laughs> That's your nature walk. That was my nature walk. Uh, and lastly, people who spend 3.5 hours a week reading books live longer than people who don't read books at all, according to researchers from the Yale University School of Public Health. A place where they make books. I mean, it's biased. <laughs> of course they would say that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I need to read more. I saw this uh, this meme chart thing about uh, the pattern that book lovers take, and it's like discovering books, uh, falling in love with books, obsessed about books, and then it dipped down, no books. No books. Then rediscovering books, whatever. And so I commented on that I've been in that no books section now for like eight years, and I can't claw my way out. I keep starting books. I've only finished one book in eight years. I've started a lot. I've read the most of a lot of books. I just never finish them. I get the idea and I go. They're all nonfiction. So, I mean, they're all, each section is a point or whatever. And I usually get the point. I'm like, all right, I don't need to read the rest of it. Like, who knows what I'm missing? I'm missing all exactly. kinds of conclusions. You're missing not... the ending. <laughs> I'm jumping to conclusions about their conclusions. You are not a person who books. needs closure. Like, you, uh, you're you just fine with, okay, that's how it ended, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I am like that. Like, even with, TV, even with TV shows, if it's a cruddy ending or if they don't get an ending because they get canceled but they left on a cliffhanger, like, I'm upset about it. But, you know, I'm like, but I don't need to, like... Well, there was an episode of Big Bang Theory where they did that. Sheldon was mad that that sci-fi channel had canceled a show. I think it was Alphas, and they left on a cliffhanger. So he obsessed about it to the point where he found out the number of the writer of the show and called him up and that asked would be me. how he was going to finish this, the cliffhanger. And then, and then he like said, oh, well, that was a dumb ending, and clicked up. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not like that. That would be me. I get it. Whatever. I know. I, it like ruins me. I do believe, though, I do believe that part of modern television, like, contracts should be that if, if a show is greenlit and they make it to three seasons, they should be guaranteed a finale. Yeah. So if they're canceled out of nowhere and they left a cliffhanger <laughs> and they never finished the show or it's just, you know, a normal, like even a sitcom, it's just a normal episode at the ending, they should be able... To film one last thing. Yeah. Air it sometime in the summer. Air it only online. I don't care. But that should be like the love letter to the fans of that show of we're sorry we're canceling it. Here's your finale. Here's your closure. That should be a part of it. I'm not. Yeah. Again, it's got, you know, you got to make it to at least three seasons. Yeah. We're not going to be silly here. Right. Those, because those, one or two those seasons seven, you're not really Those invested. seven episode one season things that get canceled. Yeah. I get it. That's fine. But yeah, if you're made to three seasons, you've got some dedicated fans out yeah. there. And uh, yeah, I totally believe that. Well. All right. Well, I want to hear about how you embarrass yourself this week. So. Oh, I'm not talking that. about that. Sorry. <laughs> you already set it up at the first hour. Okay. So there were two different <laughs> scenarios. I'm like. <laughs> you're, you're tensing up. Oh, why am I doing this? 
when I get when I get awkward, I like my body. You know that feeling when you yawn, how your body kind of like crumbles in on itself for a second. You know what I mean? (laughs) That happens to me when I get really embarrassed. Like my body. (laughs) Okay. Um. So there were two situations, both of which happened at our our new church, and. I walked away thinking, why the crap did you say that? Why did you say that? So we're still very much actively in the phase of finding friends and getting to know people and, you know, figuring out where we fit in. And that's difficult at the, your new church because it's huge. It's a big church. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- thing number one was on a Sunday morning... <laughs> In between Sunday school, we have two services. We have a morning service, Sunday school, and then a late service, okay? So in between um, the Sunday school hour and the end of early service, the pastor was standing out in the foyer, and he was chit-chatting. And he is, he's a really great guy. He has done a really great job at making Chris and I feel welcome. Um, And just recently, I was asked to be the VBS director there, and so... I, like, that's our common ground for me. Whenever we talk, I talk about VBS because I'm like, okay, I know this is my area. Okay, this can be our conversation starter. So he asked if I had joined the choir yet. And I said, no, I've got too much stuff going on right now. I ain't got time to, you know, I was halfway kidding, but I was like, I ain't got time. Listen, I became the VBS director. What more do you want? And he was like, well, just get plugged in, you know, and... Then I said, so I told you about how Kylie asked me to be the VBS director, right? And he says, yeah, you told me. But I continue telling the story. And there's a a third person standing there. And in this story, our children's director ends up calling the pastor, saying that she wishes he would shut his big fat mouth. That's what she said. And it's like a very jovial comment, you know. I wish he'd shut his big fat mouth because he don't know what he's talking about. That's what she said. <laughs> so I requoted that statement. But the only the only issue is that our pastor is not a small man. He's he is a, a bigger guy. And at the second that I said big fat mouth, I looked at that third person and that third person's face was like Oh, dude, she just called you fat. <laughs> and I felt like being like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Well, I call this mouth fat. And this I wasn't mouth. even the one that said it. <laughs> Kylie said it. So, uh, 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 uh. Uh, I'm going to go find a crawl space. Yep. We'll be back. And, like, Never. I just wanted to bring the words back in. And tuck them away very, very, very behind my throat where they will never come out again. Um. <laughs> you reminded me of a Brian Regan bit where so you ever say words without really thinking about them and then, oh no, oh no! Yeah. Picking them out of the air. <laughs> release these words into the air like a flock of doves. Uh, so that was the lesser of the two. <laughs> that was the lesser? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, oh. I know. Oh, no. So we had a 
we just got a new youth pastor and we had a chili cook-off thing on a Sunday night to welcome him in, okay? And we had a chili cook-off. Like, there were 75 chilies there. Holy cow. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, there was this one white chicken chili that everybody loved. Everybody thought it was amazing. I thought it was disgusting. I took a bite of it and immediately, like, took a bite of it and went, nope, that's eggnog. There is eggnog in that. (laughs) It does not taste good. That, I don't know what that person was thinking, but it is disgusting. That is chicken eggnog. That is chicken. I actually think that's exactly what I said at one point. That is not good. Um, Well, she ends up winning, uh, like, um... Something's choice. People's choice. Okay. It was everybody loved this except for me. Just you. Wow. Everybody. And so Chris is like, well, maybe it had nutmeg in it. You should ask her if it had nutmeg in it. And I was, I'm beginning to second guess myself and doubt my taste buds <laughs> because she won people's choice. And everybody kept coming up to her. And How can I be so wrong? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, hey, can I have that recipe? That was so good. And I'm thinking, you guys are dumb. Y'all are like, being... Y'all are being too nice. Right? You're being so nice that it's mean, guys. Listen, guys, we can tell people that their egg or their eggnog chili is not that great. Okay. Anyway, so hashtag eggnog ain't chili. Hashtag keep your eggnog out my chili. Exactly. <laughs> so um, nutmeg ain't chili powder. I yeah. Look, I can't even say it. Like I'm getting so. <laughs> So, I decide I've never talked to this girl since we've been there. Yeah. But I feel like, hey, this is a good opportunity for me to introduce myself and maybe earn a new friend, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, I go up to her and I'm like, hey, I have a question. And she's like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, was there nutmeg in your chili by chance? And she's like, uh, no. And I was like, oh, because I thought it tasted like eggnog. (laughs) And then I was like, and immediately I realized that I, like, I had given her a backhanded compliment immediately, you know? So I was like, I mean, everybody else loved it. (laughs) My husband thought it was amazing. But I just, I thought it tasted like eggnog. And that's not a bad thing. I just, I I didn't particularly, I mean, obviously everybody else really likes it because you got people choice. But I, yeah, there's no nutmeg in there. You sit there talking the more, I know. The more it sounds like you really want to make the point that you didn't like it. I know. I know. I know. But there was nothing that I could do in that situation. Like I stuck my foot so far in my mouth when I said when I I could have just left it and Chris even told me this because I okay. So I finally found somewhere to end the conversation and I walked away and I immediately went to Samantha and I was like, I think I have just made my first enemy at the church. <laughs> and I told her what happened and I'm freaking out because there is a part of me that like I, I like people and I yeah. like for people to like me, you know? And so I like every in, ounce of me inwardly is freaking out. I'm like, what? You got to fix this. What have you done? This is not good. You have screwed up royally. So I'm freaking out and I'm telling Samantha. And of course, anybody who knows Samantha, Samantha's like, listen, it's not a big deal. You get along with some people. You don't get along with some people. You like some people's chili. You don't like some people's chili. And I'm like, no, it's not that simple. You did it here. 
awful. I wanted to be nice and I was awful. I was the worst person ever. <laughs> and it doesn't help that there were two other people standing there hearing me. And as I'm having this conversation where I can hear myself and hear everything that I'm saying, but I can't stop myself from saying it, I'm looking at the other two people and I'm like, God, help me. Just stop me somehow. Someone tackle me, please. Just make me shut up. Why are you letting me talk? So I immediately go home and I friend this girl on Facebook. She she accepts my friend request, thankfully, because I would have been like, uh, declined. Um, and I give it a little bit. I give it a couple of hours and then I send her a message. And I'm like, listen, after chatting with my husband and walking away from our conversation, I realized that what I said could have been incredibly rude. And I'm very sorry. It was not meant to be that way. <laughs> And I put it all out there. I was like, sometimes I get awkward when I meet new people. I'm typically not like and that. just insult them over and over again. Thankfully, she was very gracious and very kind and said, you know, I didn't even think of it in a bad way. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Totally lying. I know. I know. I read that and I was like, gosh, she's a good liar. But thank you for saying that. Oh, no. I know. I'm telling you. Those situations where, like, they keep you up at night because you're like, you remember when you said that her chili tasted like eggnog? (laughs) You could have just left it at if there was nutmeg in there or not, but you had to keep going, you stupid. Big fat mouth. Shut your big fat mouth. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I know. I almost want to have, like, character references. Please. I'm a nice person. You can call all these people. They'll tell you I'm nice. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. gosh. I, and I kind of feel like that's part of the reason why any time that I can bring up in conversation, Back Row Radio, any time that that comes up, or our YouTube show, or the podcast, or whatever... I bring it up <clears throat> so that people can go and listen to it and see that I'm not like this awful person. A nut bar? Yes. Well, you're kind of a nut bar. But, a, you know. <laughs> but not a bad nut bar. Maybe then I have like reason for being a nut bar. <laughs> maybe then they'll be like, well, this is just how she communicates on a regular basis. And so. <laughs> no, this is just her. This is a normal, yeah. normal time. She didn't mean She's it anything personal. <sighs> I have no stories <laughs> to top that. <laughs> uh, my son turned five this past week, uh, so that's been fun. We got him a little uh, a little kid's Alexa for mm-hmm. his room. Have you seen those? No. Like, they're specifically made for kids, so they got a bunch of safety stuff already on them, but it also comes with something called uh, Free Time by Amazon. A year of this, and it's normally like three bucks a month. It's negligible. Um, but within that, like, it'll tell stories, Disney stories. It has a bunch of character voices, a bunch of games, a bunch of music. That's cool. All formulated for kids. So he's he's loving that. And, you know, Deidre, he keeps him in his room. Yeah. But Deidre, Deidre <laughs> will go in there and, you know, read him stories at night and go to bed. But then he'll 
have the Alexa tell him another story as he's falling asleep. It's That's really, really it's cool. really cute. Yeah. That's so cool. He loves That's it. neat. And, and he'll enjoy it more as he's getting older. But, yeah. But uh, it's a really cool little little gadget. And it was on sale for 50% off when we bought it. So it's normally 70 bucks, and it was 35 So Awesome. It was good. A good deal. Are you guys <clears throat> ready for him to start kindergarten in the fall? Oh, gosh. Almost. The only thing we're worried about is he still has problems paying attention. Well, no, no. We know that he he's listening to his body. That he knows when he needs to go number two. Yeah. But we also know that he ignores it on purpose because he doesn't want to stop whatever he's doing. Yeah. And so that's still causing a problem. He's had weeks where he's gone and done great. And then all of a sudden it'll just, eh, I'm going to have five straight days where I poop a little in my pants. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to send him to school and have to have the teacher so deal with that. that. It's normal. And it's especially normal for boys because yeah. boys don't want to stop right. playing to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teacher's dealt with it already. Just give her a heads up. You're going to fill out a thousand pieces of paper. Somewhere in those pieces of paper, it's going to be, what should we know about your kid? (laughs) Still poops a little in pants. (laughs) All right. Well, Um, that's helpful. Yeah. And just be prepared to have to go to the school and change him because they won't change him. They'll, you're supposed to send clothes, but if he doesn't feel comfortable changing himself, they'll call you. Oh, yeah, he'd be fine. Okay. I'm worried that he'll <laughs> that he'd run out naked before he. <laughs> so, and I feel like just these social things, they just they come naturally once kids go to school. Yeah. You know, they are in a new environment and they're around new kids and this is when the whole people pleasing starts. Like they don't want to be that person that's pooping in their pants. So, you know what? <clears throat> I got to go to the bathroom. Billy over there went to the bathroom, and he came back just fine. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, I'm excited for it. I think I think he's going to have a blast because that's that's when Eli really shines uh, yeah. with other kids, yeah, especially kids he doesn't know yeah. right away. Like when he's with Bentley, which is the kid he's been growing up with for the last few years, they're terrible. They <laughs> they just they 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 uh, just build each other up into yeah. doing more and more terrible things together, but. I mean, they're you know they're great friends, but uh, when he's with people, kids he doesn't know, he's not shy. Yeah, he'll he'll play with them and he'll have fun with them and make a new friend right then and there. We've watched it happen at Chick Fil A play places and the dentist's office and all kinds of places. But he's really like nice and sweet and gentle and a kid that I don't recognize any other time of his life. He puts his best foot forward right. with meeting someone with new people, so yeah. with new kids. So I uh, I think he'll I think he'll just have a the time of his life. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna have any like separation anxiety or anything. Yeah. I think he's gonna dive right into it. So I don't. I don't see that with Jonathan, the no? other kid. I feel like he's going to have separation anxiety. Yeah. Because just last night, Deidre had to get up to uh, help clean up Eli in the bathroom. And just that, just that, sent Eli, or Johnny into a massive hysteria meltdown. Mommy! Where's mommy? Had to come over to me and sit on my lap and cuddle until mommy came back. And then as soon as mommy comes back, daddy's chopped liver and he's gone. See, at <clears> least <throat> at least he goes to you for comfort. Yes. Like, 
this age is when Chris and Cannon started clashing heads. Mm. And they still clash heads. Clash heads. But this age is when they really started going at each other because Cannon was the same way. Yeah. Mommy, where's mommy? (laughs) And then Chris would go and try to pick him up and cuddle him and love on him. And No, I don't want you. I want mom. Where's mom? And so Chris is like, fine, you crap bag kid. I don't want you either. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) If I could return you, I would. Oh, uh, no. It's it's a little better than that. And, fran- <laughs> and frankly, after being home with them all day, when Deidre gets home, I want them to go to her. Yeah. I'd like a little bit of a break. Leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're terrible parents. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's back, bro. Rewind. Don't you go anywhere, because we got one more segment coming up. The meat of the episode recovering the purpose of vbs stick around you're listening to the back row rewind the best of matt and mo forgiveness does not always mean restoration life can be full of hurts and letdowns Our pain and heartache oftentimes come from those closest to us. Whether family, friends, or those we hold at significant regard, opening ourselves up to relationship can sometimes come at a price. Far too often, we as believers get caught up in the idea that in order to offer forgiveness, we must be ready to open our lives back up to the person who hurt us. Or maybe we find ourselves thinking that if someone says they've forgiven us, that we've earned the right to enter back into their daily lives as if nothing had happened. Forgiveness does not always mean restoration. Forgiveness and restoration are actually two very different things that come at different times in our healing process. Forgiveness is internal. It benefits the offended more than the offender. Forgiveness allows the heart of the hurting to truly begin healing. Restoration, on the other hand, is outward. It not only benefits the person who was hurt, but it's for the offender and anyone else caught in the crossfire of the fallout as well. Restoration will not and is not always supposed to be the end result. A quick Google search of forgiveness will render a plethora of well-meaning articles and blogs suggesting forgiveness and restoration are one and the same. What you won't find much of is the handful of relationships in the Bible that suggest differently. Factually, the Bible is full of relationships gone bad, where ultimately forgiveness was offered, but restoration was not immediate. Paul and Barnabas may be my favorite. When working toward healing in relationships, we have to remember the importance of offering forgiveness, found explained in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, while remembering that justice is the Lord's, just as he reminds us in Romans 12, 19, that he will have vengeance as he sees fit. As you maneuver through whatever hurt you're dealing with today, let's be willing to offer forgiveness just as Christ forgives us. But remember, there is no pressure to rush the process of restoration.
to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, and we are here. We're at the meat segment. We're going to be talking about recovering the purpose of VBS. I've hyped it up enough. Let's just dive right in. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show, top of this third hour. On the third hour, we usually like to dive into a bit of a bigger topic. And uh, today, we are examining an article from the Facts and Trends blog at Lifeway uh, by Jonathan Howe. And it's, a, it's an article called Five Keys to Recovering the Purpose of VBS in Your Church. So we're going to kind of read through this and give our take on what he's saying. Mo, of course, is kind of a veteran in this for the last, what is it, four years? Mm-hmm. Four years, she's been a VBS director uh, at at. Our church, and now that she's moved to a new church, she's already been asked to be the VBS director this year at that church, which... Brushing the dirt off is, my shoulders. Frankly, it's surprising, because it's such a big church, you would think that there'd be like... you think you'd be in a line, you know? Nope. Like there'd be a waiting list to be the VBS director. What the waiting list was, was them <laughs> waiting for me to come to that church. <laughs> <laughs> They've just been, they've been <coughs> making do with their VBS director up until this point. And then she was like, hey, Mo is here. I don't have to do it anymore. Uh, so this article talks about a, a book called It's Worth It uh, where, by Landry Holmes, where they tell the story of the VBS's origin, pretty much. Uh, Virginia Hawes uh, wrote and spoke with passion of the needs of the people in the east side of New York City, urging listeners to give time and money to reach people almost at our door who needed the gospel, rather than only focusing on international effort. Uh, while she understood the need for international missions, she saw the need for the gospel to reach the kids playing in the streets of her hometown. Uh, the original passion Hawes uh, possessed has been lost in many of our VBS efforts. Uh, the uh, Jonathan, what's his name? Jonathan Howe. Howe? <coughs> wrote huh? Howie? Howe? No, Virginia Hall. No, 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 the article. The oh. guy who wrote the article. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> it's not even a dude. It's a woman. <laughs> uh, he says, the original passion Hawes possess has been lost in many of our VBS efforts. In our efforts to out-decorate the church down the street, we sometimes forget the original purpose Hawes had for VBS. Here are five keys to recovering the purpose in your church. So... Automatically, I'm triggered because the decoration because has the been like the big thing. thing yeah. right? That's been like yep. that's been like. Well, look, we're not a we're not a big church. We're not a rich church. We can't pull off a whole bunch of huge, cool things. Let's decorate the heck out of our church for VBS, mm-hmm. which has been great because it has put us on a level with kind of some of the bigger or more yeah. financially stable churches. Yeah. In that, kids walk into our church, they feel like they're walking into a different place. Yeah. It doesn't look like a church. It looks like an underwater uh, submarine. Submarine or whatever. Yep. That year was great. The jungle. The that was my first year, that was, yeah, and that, that was, was like that was real good though. That was not my best. <laughs> I've only learned. I've only gone up from there. Yeah, the space one that was fantastic. That was my favorite one. Yeah, that was really good too. The sports one was hard. The sports one was incredibly difficult. I was not like looking. I was not looking forward to that because the original designs for the sports thing that Lifeway put out were very simplistic. Yeah, it was very difficult to build on that. Mm -hmm. It's like you just had to transform 
a classroom into a locker, locker room. room, and that's just weird. Yeah, it's not you know it's not another world. It's not another place. It's not space or a space station. It's mm-hmm. oh. Okay, we're another in a gym. room we could have had in this building. Yeah, already. <laughs> so, but I will say, I'm glad that that was year four. Year, yeah, that, yeah, that was, was year four. Year, yeah. Um, I'm glad that that was year four's theme because had it been year one, we wouldn't have decorated as well. But because it was year four, and most of my team had remained the same, yeah. you know, I already had this group of people who could read my mind and knew my vision and knew what we wanted to do, we all came together and we were like, okay, how can we make this work and work really well? Yeah, yeah pulled it off. Yeah. Pulled it off really good. I think it was the best it could have been done. Yeah. With the uh, theme given. Yeah, we had Journey Off the Map. That was the first one, right? Mm-hmm. The jungle one. Then there was Submerged. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. Submerged. Sub- what was the third one? Submerged. Third one was the space one. Uh-huh. Galactic uh, Starveyors. Galactic Starveyors. Yeah, that was a good... I like that one. Listen, I don't even remember what last year's theme was called. Game on. Game on, yeah. I was going to say, it's <laughs> not my favorite. Game on. Yep. Should have been more integration with Dude Perfect. Because that's what all the kids are into these days. Probably. That's a good group of guys. That's a good group of YouTubers right there. We you got wa- a topic. Have you watched that? <laughs> Chris- Christian dudes. <laughs> I don't watch doing Dude Perfect. Sport trick shots my boys watch dude perfect i think you enjoy it i enjoy it yeah eli loves them but they don't fail right huh they don't fail like fails is what i like to watch i don't want like to watch successes they actually pull off what they're doing right yeah so it doesn't make it as fun i only like to ridicule people not be impressed by them no it's not even that (laughs) there's something gratifying about going oh 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 what was he thinking? <laughs> so you just want an hour's worth of crotch shots. Uh, ridiculousness. Falling falling off of motorcycles. All kinds of stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. Well, here we go. Five five <laughs> keys to recovering the purpose of your church. Back to our topic. <laughs> Let's see if we agree with these. Number one, make it gospel focused. Yes. Um, yeah, that was one of the key things that uh, the original creator of VBS was all about. It was... Taking the gospel to the kids in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. Okay, I mean, can't really argue about that. I agree. Uh, the question that the author poses is, is your VBS more about remembering songs and decorating than it is about teaching the Bible to kids? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be more than a... Well, I don't even know what the word would be. Uh More than a carnival for children, I don't sure. know. More yeah. than a place to come and play games and eat popcorn. Yeah, it's and, not the circus. Yeah. It's not the fair. <laughs> Unless the theme is for the circus, which we had one year. <laughs> but it is VBS. There have been so at the end of our VBS every year, what I would do is I would hop up on the stage and ask questions that related to the lesson. Oh, okay. And there have been times where I'm like, "What'd you guys do today?" Where I look at my leaders and I'm like. Did you not teach the lesson? What's going on? Because I'll ask the question and it's a silence fell among the crowd because no one knows the answer. Um, and that's something that I drive home or I try to drive home to my leaders is the, the decorating and the food and the songs are only a small part of it. Mm. 
the crafts, it's just a small part of it. Yeah. The crafts, I feel like, are necessary because it's that, that they're usually, tangible. Yeah, they usually tie it into the lesson. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not just, okay, let's cut out a paper heart, and it makes no sense as to why it fits <laughs> with the lesson. But it's tangible evidence for that kid to take home, and it's a conversation starter for their parents. You know? So, we're anyway. all making lanyard keychains, and then we're going to sell them. Exactly. <laughs> you are no. now a sweatshop. <laughs> Uh, number two, make it evangelistic. So this is taking that a bit further in that uh, we're supposed to be focusing on actually bringing the children that at least the children that understand uh, to Christ, mm-hmm. um, which I know it's uh, a little more controversial, I guess, than you would think, because uh, some people see this as essentially just seed planting yeah, and not actually uh focusing on bringing these children to make a decision Mm -hmm. uh what do you what do you think about that honestly because i don't really know if i stand exactly on one or the other or somewhere in the middle is it should we be more focused on just planting these seeds or should we be more focused on converting or should it be a mixture i without a doubt i believe it should be a mixture yeah there's got to be like a fine line to where Almost like we're mixing a cake, you know, we're adding in the flour, we're adding in the sugar, we're adding in the eggs, step by step, ingredient by ingredient, we're all bringing it together for the bigger picture of salvation. Now, I don't want, I don't feel comfortable with the pastor-led message of salvation. That makes me feel uncomfortable simply because I don't know every child who attends VBS. I don't know their family dynamic. I don't know their belief system. Um, Last year, we had a couple of Catholic kids who attended VBS. Mm -hmm. um, And they're personal friends of ours. For the record, we're a Baptist Baptist church. church. Southern Baptists. Um, But their parents allowed them to attend VBS because their friends were there. And sure, it's church. It's fun. You know, let's go. But their belief as far as salvation is concerned is but way different than our belief. Yeah. Um, and so when the pastor-led message came along on the third night and, you know, their kids raised their hand wanting to be saved, it was an immediate, the parents walked down the aisle, grabbed their kids and left the church. And in that moment, I was kind of like, oh, and they didn't come back for the next two nights. Yeah. You know, um, so for me, that's a very fine line. I feel like that's on them. How would they not expect that to be part of it? <laughs> it's a very fine line that you have to... I, uh, we, If I had it my way, if I could do it my way, we would talk about salvation every single night. At the end of the night, we would discuss it. We'd touch on it. We'd make clear that that's obviously the purpose of mm-hmm. while we're there. Um but that it's not the driving force. I feel like a lot of kids are scared into salvation, especially at this VBS age. Yeah. They're scared into the idea of if I die, I'm either going to heaven or hell. And if I don't accept Jesus as my savior, then I'm going to hell. And there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I don't really want to plant into a child's life. It's not, I don't believe that's the way to salvation. I don't believe that's what VBS is for. Okay. Okay. I know. It's not <laughs> like the it's not the common answer, I don't think, but 
No, I still. I mean, I still feel that's kind of middle ground, in that you know we you want to plant those seeds. Of mm-hmm. course, you want to you want to get kids thinking about Jesus mm-hmm. and thinking about salvation. You don't want to basically take children who are already young and impressionable and terrified of most things. Yes, and be like demons. Hell, blah, exactly. Come exactly. To- <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. And Daedra's even shared her salvation story, not that she was saved at VBS, but that it was a seed that was planted at VBS Mm -hmm. that got her heart softened. And throughout the rest of that year, she really began to feel a prick in her heart. Yeah. And so for me, it's not all about numbers and the fact of, okay, well, how many kids were saved at VBS last year? It's how many kids did we reach? And guess what? We really don't know how many kids we reached because we know how many kids attended, but only God knows how many we reached. Yeah. And of course, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing in the Bible yeah. uh, about, you know, it's about planting these seeds. You don't really know what's going to happen, but you got to trust God to water those seeds, yeah. you know, and, and have it grow into something. Yep. So yeah, I agree. Uh, number three on this list of uh, five keys to recovering the purpose of your church by Jonathan Howe. Uh, number three is make it for the community. Uh, so this is essentially we want to make it an outreach, not an inreach. We mm-hmm. don't want to just make this is just for our kids. We're going to have our kids VBS for the church kids only. Yeah. We want mainly, if anything, we want as many kids or more from the community that have never been in church Mm -hmm. than we already have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think one year, but this was before, probably before you were even here. Uh, one year we did. That's right. Okay. There was a span of years that we were doing an outdoors VBS. Mm -hmm. We were going to the park, uh, and holding a VBS out there in our community. And so we would have our kids come along, but it was largely kids from that actual neighborhood Mm -hmm. that would come and do it. Because it was a free event, most parents could still see the the park from where they were at their house. It was nice. Uh, But we also did an indoor VBS, and that was just for our kids one year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're like, hey, let's do a normal thing just for our children, have them do something for one week. And it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It was kind of lame because, again, we only had like 13 kids maybe. And putting on a whole VBS for the 13 kids that most of them had already made a decision. Most of them had already done the other VBS, the outdoor one that was much more fun. Mm -hmm. It was strange. At that point, it's just a Bible (laughs) study for kids, really. daycare for the parents. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like a part of me is like that would be so easy. That would be so easy to pull off. I wouldn't need all these volunteers. I could only decorate one room. Um, <laughs> it would be you know lessons and crafts and ball- that would be so easy. But it could again, still be fun. But what is the yeah, purpose yeah. of of the church is to be a community? Not, yeah. And at to, that point, it's not a it's yeah. not what a VBS is supposed to be. Yeah. At that point, yeah, it is just a, a children's Bible study. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But now, thinking about it moving in your new church, and this is your first year you're going to be doing in this new church, which is much larger mm-hmm. than Highland, mm-hmm. much, much larger, you could do a VBS and it just be the children in that church. Yeah. Do you think you might get overwhelmed with community children, the same amount or more in addition to the children at that church? 
Like, do you think I personally yeah. am going to get overwhelmed? Or do you think? Because, I mean, have you built your whole team yet? Yep. Yeah, how many people do you have on your team? Okay, well, we have all of our lead positions filled, yeah. thankfully, which that's 12 people in lead positions. And then we have the other positions about 80% filled. Okay. So right now we are sitting at about 40 people that are... Okay, well, that's not bad. Ready to go. That's a good start. Yeah. Um, and we still have like two months okay. to go. Okay. Um, now, my kids have attended this church's VBS for the last three years, as well as Yeah, I mean, that's a typical VBS. thing. A lot of parents yeah. let their kids go to multiple throughout the year. Right. Summer. So, for their sake. Yeah. Um, so, I know how this VBS runs. I think that is the only reason that I'm not feeling quite so anxious or overwhelmed or yeah. concerned, because I've seen the number that they bring in. I've seen how they how they do things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to be overwhelmed by the amount of kids, but now that you ask me, I'm starting to wonder <laughs> a, a little now bit. I'm sweating a little. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, it's just a bigger, it's a much bigger It is, thing. it is. Yeah. So here at Highland, we ran about 100 to 125 yeah. kids on VBS, which isn't a lot, but for this church, it was a lot. Sure, yeah. At the church I'm at now, it's really not that much more. They're about 250 to 275. Oh, really? I would so have it's really a not, lot higher than that. Yeah, but it's really okay. not that much more when you consider the difference in sizes okay. of the churches. Okay. So. I mean, honestly, I thought it could easily be 500 kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch this year. That's I know. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> And I'm going to come yell at you. It's all your fault. (laughs) You put that out into the world. Right. (laughs) You spoke it into existence. All right. Number four, make it convenient. Uh, This was was the idea of putting it someplace where uh, people can get to kind of thing. Uh, When Hawes first began her summer program, she actually started classes in a local beer hall. Uh, participation grew and soon more space was needed, so she moved to a local church. But because it was further away from the people, attendance plummeted. Hawes realized she needed to take the program to where the people were, uh, and participation shot up again when she moved away from the church. Convenience now might have more to do with time than location, because, of course, everybody has cars. Most most people can get where you're at. Uh, but, you know, is it... Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it in the evening? Is it an afternoon thing? What's the more convenient situation in the mm-hmm. summer? Um, and sometimes location can be the case. Like we said, you know, we did that VBS in the park thing mm-hmm. because there were a lot of families that weren't going to take them to a church or yeah. weren't going to come all the way over to Highland, but mm-hmm. we're perfectly fine with them going and playing games in the park and learning yeah. about Bible in the park. There's something intimidating about a church building when yeah. you're not a regular attendee. Yeah. And even though your kid may be saying, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, there's that inward battle of, okay, I know you want to go, but I don't want to have to take you. You know, (laughs) I don't want to go to the church. Um, So I do think, I love the fact that she started in a beer hall. (laughs) And I think that uh, VBS in the park could run very successfully, Mm -hmm. you know, just for that fact. And you're going to have kids that are going to the park any day. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, day. and so 
you're reaching people who may not even know about it, may not have even seen the flyers or received an invitation. Oh yeah, or... and that did happen a lot. Yeah. yeah. By the by the end of the week, there were always tons more kil- children than the first because they just kept seeing, hey, there's a group of kids having fun over there. I want to go see what that's about. You've definitely <laughs> said by the end of the week there were tons more <laughs> killed. killed I did, yeah. <laughs> children, children, not children. Uh, yeah, okay. And then, yeah, what about time? Do you think it's better in the morning or the evening? Because when I was a kid, all mine were in the morning. Yeah. Except for one. I remember one that was in the evening. Mm-hmm. But but now they tend to all be at, in the evening. So. Is it because of parents being at work or? I don't know. Or what? I don't know. Is it because parents really... complain that they don't want their morning, they want their evening? So the kids, take the kids in the evening so we can go on a date. Right? I mean, <laughs> you do have your parents who work. Yeah. And so then it becomes a matter of you're not only having to find a sitter, but you're having to find a sitter who can drive or, you know, a sitter who is willing to drive and take your kids to VBS for the week. And um, that was me last year. That was, Last year was my first summer working. And Hillary was our, our nanny for the summer. And I even felt bad about asking her, will you make sure that they get to VBS from this time to this time for this week? There's just, you know, yeah. it's an added, um, I don't, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but it's a responsibility that you're yeah, putting on yeah, someone yeah. else. And that can sometimes be awkward. But at the same time, those parents who work may not want for their evenings to be taken away. You know, they want to spend their evenings with their kids. Yeah. And so an evening BBS may not work for them. I, You're going to have people that a daytime BBS works for, and you're going to have people that a nighttime BBS works but, for. Yeah, and... I feel like that might be, though, why it's, it's shifted more in the evenings is because I think there are more and more families now where both the husband and the wife work yeah. than maybe when we were kids. Yeah. But uh, but you never went to VBS as a kid, right? So I went to one VBS as a kid. That's right, one. And it was at night. And so for me, having a nighttime VBS was... Doesn't everybody have a nighttime VBS? <laughs> I don't know. Um, having a daytime VBS was weird for me. Yeah. So, But then at the same time here at Highland, we had to have a night VBS because our volunteers all worked. During the day, we had a lot of military volunteer, you know, my husband, for one, he worked during the day and he was the games leader. So he had, if I wanted to have games, it had to be at night, you know. Um, He is also very excited that our new church does VBS during the day. Therefore, he's not being roped in to be the games leader (laughs) this year. So yours is going to be during the day? Yeah. All right, so what, like in the early morning or in the middle of the day? 9 to 12. 9 to 12, okay. Mm -hmm. Is it going to end with lunch or they end and they leave? They end and they leave and go to lunch. The last day is, you know, the parents' day where the parents come. Then there's a lunch served afterwards for everybody. But, yeah, so it's weird for me. It's it's completely new. I And I'm not a morning person. Like, I, I just do better at night. I'm, that's when I'm most productive. That's. So Glad we'll, you're on the morning show. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's why as often as possible I say, hey, you want to record at night? <laughs> All right. Last uh, last on this list, uh, five ways to uh, 
keep forgetting the word. Recover the purpose of VPS in your church. Article by Jonathan Howe. Uh, is make it, nope, that's what we just did, is make it missional. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, this is something where, you know, when they opened the article, he was talking about uh, the original lady who started this. And she was talking about how we needed both international missions, but we also need to focus on our communities. And so this is kind of taking that and combining the two, is that we want to encourage the children to also pray outwardly mm. for the world, also think about the nations, the global spread of the gospel, um, while at the same time focusing on their individual faith journeys. Right. Uh, which, have we done that every year, or was last year the first year that we put a main focus on that? We've done it every year. Have we done it every mm-hmm. year? Okay, I think it was just last year because we had Pam doing it that yeah. uh, I talked to her more about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's... I guess it's built in with LifeWay stuff, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. Okay, so LifeWay, as a uh, as a rule, has that as a part of their curriculum. But I know not everybody uses LifeWay. I can't speak for the other brands. Yeah. I don't even know what the other brands are now off the top of my head. Anyway, that is important, right? Uh-huh, I it mean, is important. It. I think it's incredibly important. I think, so the first, our Highland... Um, has a couple families or had a couple families that were missionaries that they sponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first couple years we would, I know you remember this, we showed pictures of those families, yeah. we discussed those families, and that's what our offering would go towards. We sent that offering to the families that were overseas. Yeah. So that was the whole push and drive for the offering as well as Mo gets pied in the face. Right. But that's why they were raising money, essentially. That's mm-hmm. why they were giving their offering was to send to the, the missionaries. The Our third year, we focused on a local mission, which I really prefer to do that. Um, just to kind of remind kids, because it's so easy, it gets driven into their heads every day that other countries have far less than what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it, you hear it all the time. Um, but at the same time, we have a mission field right here yeah. in our hometown, in our state, you know. And so our third year, we focused on our children's home here, the Baptist Children's Home. Mm, that's right. And that's where mm-hmm. our offering went to was um, to our local Baptist Children's Home. And then, of course, last year, um, Pam is a, the pastor's wife here is a missionary kid. Yeah. She grew up as her parents were missionaries, and she lived in the Philippines. And so that was a really cool added bonus because it was really tangible for the kids. They actually got to hear her story firsthand and see things and touch things that she... Experienced, yeah. Yeah. growing up. Yeah. As a missionary kid, which was really neat. Mm -hmm. She also eventually came and... And share that with us on Sunday morning. Oh, really? Like she had the whole Sunday morning. I think it was during, uh... oh, it's not Annie Armstrong. What's the other one? Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon. That's what it was. It was during Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon is the international missions one. Annie Armstrong is the North American missions one. Yeah, she came during the Lottie Moon push and uh, just gave her whole testimony and story. It was really neat. It is really cool to, by the end, of the, the way that Pam had broken it up over the VBS days, she told little bits and pieces of her story 
overtime. And then on the last day, she basically, you know, wrap, ties it all up, wraps it all into one big pretty package and says, and by the way, that kid was me, you know, mm-hmm. and like I'm over there a bawling mess listening to her because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she passes around pictures of her parents and of her and mm-hmm. her siblings as kids. And yeah, it was really yeah. good. Yeah, that's that's kind of what she did. In the big thing, too, for everybody. Yeah. It was really neat. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So, five things. Mostly agree with pretty much everything. Um, I, like, feel like I deserve a pat on the back because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a good You're job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> You're doing that plus decorating really awesomely. So, you can have it all. You can have both. <laughs> that drives me crazy when people say it's not about the decorations. <laughs> it's not about the decorations. You're exactly right. However, however. However, we got to make the kids excited about something. Yeah. The more excited they are, the more they're going to listen. Uh, those same people who say it's not about the decorations are the same people who don't want you bringing coffee into the sanctuary because they're afraid it's going to ruin the carpet. To them, I say, it's not about the carpet. Okay. Uh, there's a lot more to this article, uh, including a lot more backstory on, on, uh, Virginia Hawes, the person who started the VBS, uh, and... You know, a lot more to all those points. If you want to read everything, go to the Facts and Trends blog at LifeWay.com. The article, again, is Five Keys to Recovering the Purpose of VBS in Your Church by Jonathan Howe. Good read. Good story. Something you want to share with uh, VBS directors of your church, maybe, uh, or the team that's building that all up, just to keep everybody focused on what what the purpose is, right? What the purpose is. What the they're the doing. <laughs> All right, real quick, we're we're running uh, over time. Awa. Okay. Uh, so our question for oh, today. Be real quick at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm. I. I kind of thought about how I'm going to make it quick. Our question for today is: What do you think about the president autographing Bibles? Okay. First of all, is this a thing? Has he been autographing? Oh, you Bibles? didn't see this? No. Yeah. Okay. So it was. It was after the tornado. Was it a tornado? Thing that happened, I think, in Alabama. Tornado ripped through the, the natural an disaster that yeah, happened natural in Alabama. Disaster. He was there at a a it was like a gymnasium or something where they were handing out supplies and there were people there helping and there were people there that needed help and uh, some of them brought up some like NIV paperback Bibles for him to sign and he autographed them and handed them back and so a lot of people were. Up in arms about how could he autograph a Bible like he wrote it? <laughs> so you okay. didn't know about this? No, I didn't know about it this. Was a big deal so for a few I'm years. gonna I'm gonna tie it with a pretty bow really quick. Okay? okay, so there's a lot of things that I did. I think I think it's safe to say that Trump is not necessarily the most mature Christian. I believe he's a Christian. I believe in my heart that he's a Christian because I'm not the one who's able to say nope. You ain't a Christian. That's not my place. So I believe he's a Christian. I believe he's a baby Christian. Okay? And there are things that I did as a baby Christian that I thought were really good ideas that were not the best things that I've ever done. They were not the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I would like to think that the way that Trump thinks is, sure, I'll autograph this if it gets more Bibles in the hands of people. That's what I would like to think his mindset was. I'm going to autograph this Bible 
so that more people will read their Bible. I'm praying that's what his mindset was. Now, I obviously do not agree that he should have autographed the Bible. A bookmark would have been better. Like, I think that would have been best case scenario, Trump. Find a bookmark with the books of the Bible on it and then the Roman road on the other side. Two Corinthians. Sign that for them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I think there's something uh, very disrespectful. Unsavory. About yeah. autographing right. the Bible. So, so my, my take on this, and I think both. The conservatives and the liberals reacting to this has been stupid. Because, number one, the liberals are the ones that started the outrage of, how dare he? So, well, shut up. You don't care. Yeah, you, just you don't wanna... care about the Bible. You just want to stir the pot, okay? But the conservatives have gone the other way going, oh, so many presidents in history have signed Bibles and they're posting all these pictures. Well, all the pictures that I've seen have been inscriptions on the inside flap of a Bible with a little note to the person. It's a gift. You're signing a gift or the inscription. That's normal. Most Bibles even have a place for that. They even have a whole page that says this Bible is presented to this as a gift from this person. That's mm -hmm. fine. This was signed on the cover like a baseball card or a MAGA hat or a lady's chest. I mean, it was bleh, weird. But that being said... I don't think he obviously didn't bring a box of Bibles to sign and pass out. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, here you go. Two people came up. I only saw two. There might have been more. But two people came <coughs> up who were there, who were either victims of this tragedy or they were helping out uh, people recover. Seemed to be that was the only thing that they had on them. Offered it, say, hey, we want your autograph. He took it, signed it, gave it back. I think he just did it without thinking that it was going to cause a problem. He may not have even really known that it was a Bible, right. to be honest. I mean, cause, uh, Hand him were, a book and he'll yeah. sign it. I think I think that he was in a situation where the two people that were asking him to sign it were probably more at fault in the situation. Not him. Yeah. If we're talking about if this was heresy or if this was whatever. Um, I think that... He was just trying to be nice to these people and autographing the people. If, and I also think that if he didn't, that if he said, no, I'm not going to sign Absolutely. That, it would have been. It would have been the completely opposite way. How dare he refuse autographs to these survivors of this tornado yep. or whatever. This natural disaster or whatever yeah. it was. It would have been a big deal then so, anyway. Yeah. I think that he did it. I think that he did it just without thinking about any kind of repercussions one yeah. way or the other. And probably not caring about repercussions one way or the other because that's kind of the way he is. Uh, I don't think it was some malicious attempt to insult God or to claim some sort of authority that he doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, I just think it was, eh, whatever. I'll sign it. <laughs> So I don't know. Kind of a mindless decision. I think we should all just chalk it up as another weird thing the president has done in the weirdest presidency of my lifetime. <laughs> Isn't it the weirdest presidency? I, I stone me if you want. I think he's a good president. Oh, he's done he's accomplished a lot of stuff. That's the thing. As a person. Let's <laughs> here's the thing. Like he is the president. Let's judge him as far as 
being a president is concerned. <laughs> Let's not judge him on everything else that he does. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we want to set that precedent. <laughs> that's my that's my standard. And here's the thing. When it was Obama, the other side was saying the same thing. Let's judge him for who he is as a president. Let's not judge him for everything else. When it was Clinton, they were saying the same thing. Let's judge him for who he is as a president, not for everything else that he's done. <laughs> the, you can't have it both ways, people. <laughs> but then when George W. Bush was in office, he can't say nuclear right. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Nuclear. I'll stop judging your president when you stop judging my president. <laughs> oh, do you have? A, do you own a MAGA hat? No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe I should. Bible verse for the day: Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And our thought from me well our thought for the day (laughs) comes from david jeremiah he says we demonstrate our integrity when we stick with our commitments without wavering even when grueling times arrive and that's going to do it for today's back row rewind thank you so much for joining us as we take this trip back in time to an earlier episode of the back row morning show with matt and mo just a quick update on things per the back row rewind uh we are going to be changing up where you can find us after we air on ltn radio now of course we will continue to air thursday mornings 8 a.m. and then 10 a.m. Eastern Time every Thursday. But moving forward for the podcast, you will no longer find them on the Back Row Morning Show's main podcast feed. The Back Row Rewind Show is going to be moved to the LTN Specials podcast feed, where you can also find LTN Rewind, Bible Thump, Matt and Bubba in the Morning, all these special shows that don't have their own podcast, uh, but all kind of you know, revolve around the fact that they're mostly exclusive to LTN radio. So you also won't find this in the weekly back row morning show, uh, recap post on love thy that usually comes out Fridays. Instead, you'll find it on the LTN radios weekly recap post with, uh, with Bible thump and, and, uh, all the shorts and everything that usually comes out on Mondays. So just, just starting this week, if you want to catch up on your rewind that you didn't catch on the radio, you can find it in LTN specials. Go to your favorite podcast app, search for LTN specials. It's like a little blue green thing. It's very clear. It'll be very clear what you're looking for. You can also subscribe to the LTN shorts podcast feed and gives you all of our little, uh, you know, quick, quick bites, quick things. Faith and fandom 180 with Hector Mira, the moment with Mo. Uh, nerd history and LTN or LTNN <laughs> this week in nerdy news with me uh, and our new series, which is uh, reviews of the nerds, which we have a whole whole group of people that are going to be doing those. And also Bubba Stalkup, if you haven't noticed, has taken over nerdy definition. So we got six of those every week. Six new little little bites, little things that just this just nuggets of entertainment and encouragement that you're going to love. That's LTN Shorts and LTN Specials. Go subscribe to both of those podcast feeds. 
We'll be back next Thursday with another Rewind. There'll be a Church Nerds tomorrow morning. And uh, Matt and Mo are going to be taking next week off for new shows. Uh, so we'll be having some rewind, re, rewind, reruns next week. Uh, b- 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 multiple reasons, but mainly uh, life. Uh, you know, just got to take care of some other stuff. So I'm sure they will catch you all up on it when they return with new episodes on May 24th. Uh, Thank you very much. You have a fantastic rest of your week. And uh, if nobody else tells you, Jesus loves you, nerd. Thank you for joining us for Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. For more of Matt and Moe's antics, tune in every Monday through Wednesday for the Back Row Morning Show at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m. Eastern.